Put on your big Hollywood sunglasses and light the torch, because it's cellar time. Welcome to the crack cellar, as the prophecy was once put on injured reserve. I'm Two-Spirit Penguin Daniel. And I'm punished broadcaster Big Daddy Nichols. Broadcaster Nichols. Doctor Strange. What have you heard about Doctor Strange lately? Used to be one of my favorite Marvel characters. <laughs> Had a keychain. Mm. Had it around for a long time. Damn. You know, but he sucks now. You know, there's a couple reasons why you might not be too excited about the future of your boy, uh, Broadcaster Nichols. I haven't Nichols. been excited about the future uh, of that boy for a long time. <laughs> First of all, uh, uh, Benedict Cuckerbatch uh, came out in an interview recently and was he's like, you know, before I played Doctor Strange, I always thought he was an outdated, misogynistic character with no positive impact on climate change something like that and uh i did the double the picard double face palm and he then just went in on that interview didn't he oh dude he just he like bent his knee like that was him bending the knee it was just like one of the most cringy interviews i've ever seen in my life and uh then a day later only a day after this i see a leak the Doctor Strange is getting six weeks worth of reshoots with all of the main cast. Like, not like some, like, oh, we gotta set up some action scene with, like, a stunt effect or something. No, like, massive reshoots. All the main cast are involved. Six weeks. Most movies shoot in about two months. So six weeks is almost like shooting another movie. That that could be good or bad, right? Maybe it's yeah. Uh, I don't think it's I don't think it's good. I, <laughs> what did Cumberbatch say right before this news came out? Misogynistic, Probably. problematic, cis white you're male. Look, you're not reading the tea leaves here. Dude. He's, getting, <laughs> he's, getting, he's getting in front of it, bro. He's getting. He knows that this dude, oh. Doctor Strange, is about to be like the most phallic shaped, fucking egotistic. He's running fucking all man pure power all gas no breaks fucking movie we've seen in a long time and he's just you know realizing he needs to get in front of this yeah but i did get paid okay i respect that okay you know that is definitely a plausible if not slightly uh, optimistic take but (laughs) let's think about this real quick (laughs) dr strange kicks the door in that Wanda bitch is just going all crazy from that series, right? Mm-hmm. And he's just like, let me cumberbatch you down here real quick. Yeah. Gets hot, sweaty. Maybe two, three minutes full frontal. That's where I'm, that's where I'm thinking. That's where I'm going. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, back when uh, WandaVision first aired or well when the finale first aired there were some comments out there that 
they had to change it because they realized that Doctor Strange was coming in and saving the heroine in distress, a.k.a. Uh, Wanda. And so they cut most of Doctor Strange from WandaVision so that he wasn't coming in to save the day. Then in the same interview, they said that because of this, it also affected the Doctor Strange movie in that they wanted to not... Basically, they wanted to make the same sort of changes they did to WandaVision to the Doctor Strange movie itself, implying that reducing him as the hero and maybe setting someone else up as the hero, maybe someone of the opposite gender or race or religion, you know, something to that effect. Now, what you can make an argument about is, is the are these reshoots putting that into effect or is it reversing that? That's the question. Because we know that this was going to be a woke movie, and we also know that it might not have been originally, or maybe now they're going back to the original plan. But they definitely did rewrites, and I don't know if they did the reshoots back in January, and this is another set of reshoots, but I'm guessing that they're going the woke shit now, and they just delayed it a long time because they weren't sure that they wanted to pull the trigger on it, and for whatever reason, they decided they did. I mean, they should just, you know, be themselves, do what they want to do, you know, because <laughs> uh, they suck anyways. Yeah. doesn't really matter at this point, right? I mean, I didn't <sighs> see the Eternals. I knew it was going to bomb. It bombed. Dude, I the first I saw but, one promotional image of the Eternals, and I was like, just <laughs> like instantly, fuck no. Also, what really bums me out is like seeing Venom. I'm just like, you know, the more and more I think about Venom, the fact that there's a number two, the fact that it's not tied to Spider-Man, the fact that there's a Spider-Man coming out that has nothing to do with Venom. I'm, it's just like. 10 years ago, we were talking about bringing in characters. It still hasn't fucking happened. <laughs> and then just yeah. like that, the universe just sucks. I'm just, I'm just going to straight out to say it now. It's just done. They screwed up Ultron. If you really think about it, if you really look at it back in hindsight, they really blew their load fast. Yep. They used the big guns immediately. You got Iron Man, you got Thor, you got, uh, uh, Captain America. Yeah, Captain America, Hulk, you know. They didn't build at all in that first, what was it, three phases? Is the three phases the Avengers phase? Is, is that safe I, to say? I think, I, I don't know. I don't keep up with exactly what it is. All I know is the good ones and then when they fucking jump the shark, which I believe is Civil War. A lot of, yeah. As soon as I saw people claiming that Civil War was like the greatest movie they'd ever seen in their lives, and then I watched it, and I was like, I was just sitting there with like Japanese emojis above my head. I was just like, what? Yeah. This is the greatest movie of all time? What? <laughs> like, the MCU is at that point where they're just making stuff because they're a big brand, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they have no... It's they McDonald's no now. Real, yeah, it's like, exactly. There's no real substance to their movies anymore, and it's just a leaking ship from here on out. Yeah. I hey. think Eternal shows it. I think the one before that, Shang-Chi, showed it. 
they didn't want to admit it was Shang Chi. I think a big PR scheme was done to promote that movie, but nonetheless, doesn't work with Eternals apparently. And I think their next one's going to suck too. What's the next one on the chopping block? Is it going to be Captain Marvel two? God, I hope it's Captain Marvel two. <laughs> no, I mean most most of Disney Plus Day or whatever the fuck they call that dumbass shit, where they basically make it like their reveal convention. It's like the BlizzCon yeah. of Disney, I guess, and. Almost all the shit they revealed was woke shit. They uh, totally snubbed Obi-Wan Kenobi, the thing everyone wanted to know about. And they released a lot of woke shit like She-Hulk and Captain Marvel 2, I think, and some shit like that. But then we have like the surprise, like Grand Slam out of left field. X-Men 97. What the fuck? Where did that come from? Who the fuck wants to see She-Hulk? Nobody, this dude. Is t- like, this nobody. Is about. Nobody. Like, it's so lost. Like, I. They showed yeah. a picture of her too, like the She-Hulk in her Hulk form, and it looked abysmal. It looked like some fan CG art from 2008. I was like, "Okie dokie, <laughs> that's your fucking your budget. <laughs> you don't believe in She-Hulk dude. either." <laughs> that's so embarrassing. But yes, X Men '97. This, this is the cream rising to the top, as a savage man once said. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and I'm fucking stoked beyond belief this is happening. All the original voice actors, like you said, they even got fucking sinister back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy you know, about that, too. I loved his voice. We're about to get a four foot eight Wolverine again. <laughs> you know, we, the real Wolverine. Fuck you, Jackman. <laughs> yeah, dude. It's. I just <laughs> hope the way they do the animation is just like not completely CGI. That's what I'm really kind of worried. about. Oh, it's not going to be CG. There's no yeah. way they won't do that to us. Yeah, I think. I well, what I hope is that they kind of go with like a sort of anime style because. The original X-Men anime was animated in part by a Korean studio that, if you watch the original X-Men, it wasn't anime, but it had some sort of anime characteristics, elements. I think they need to stick with that. I'm hoping they do because they went out of their way in the reveal to say, this is being made by the original crew, the original cast, and then the few people that are new are like holy grail fans of the series. Okay, great start. So oh, you're what not position are they in? <laughs> the point is is that the writers aren't blue haired fucking whack jobs that like wanna write Gambit out or turn him into like fucking oh God, uh, Homer Simpson or something. Like Yeah. There's there's just no way. And I've been waiting for an X Men thing, any X Men property to include my favorite X Men since this show originally came out. So I literally watched the X-Men cartoon, waited for Gambit, and then you know what brings me back Gambit 25 years later? Oh, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the X-Men cartoon <laughs> coming back. Sweet. <laughs> That's actually kind of funny. <laughs> you want to talk about full circle? Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, Gambit doesn't really get much love. A lot Fuck of the no. X-Men don't get much love. Everyone except like, for Wolverine. Wolverine's got more love than he deserves, honestly, but everyone else, you're right. If you really think about it, though, the X-Men 
were pre-MCU. They were cool. doing it Hell like yeah. MCU did, essentially. But MCU is just bigger and better version of it. Mm-hmm. You know, more heroes, more movies, more series. But it's going to collapse. Mm-hmm. It's going to collapse. Yeah. But and I uh, hope things like X-Men 97 are the the rats that crawl out of the rebel and survive. <laughs> That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, interesting though, that it, like there's just a wave of woke shit and then they just kind of submarine in X-Men like this. And sure. It could make be woke. money. It could be woke. Don't get me wrong. I'm not putting some stamp of approval guarantee. This isn't going to be a, a woke backstabbing. It could be, but, if you take all the news and all the quotes at face value, it really seems like this is going to be a true to form continuation, not a reboot. This is not a reboot. That is the thing that tripled my confidence when I read that part. They are literally starting right where the uh, original show left off. Yeah. Let's just hope it doesn't start up with a, Cyclops getting pegged by Jean Grey opening scene, you know? God damn it. Let's let's hope not. Uh, Well, broadcaster Nichols, there is a a new echo in the Force in Star Wars. So we have the George Lucas-verse, we have the J.J.-verse, and you can kind of call the JJ verse the Kathleen Kennedy verse if we're being real about it. It feels like she's the puppet master, but whatever you want to call it. We now have a new emerging verse, the Favreau verse. And that would be Bad Batch, Mandalorian, and the newest show that we want to talk about tonight The Book of Boba Fett. This is now a distinct sort of bubble of Star Wars that is completely different from any of the Kathleen Kennedy shit and pretty different even from the Lucas stuff. Like there's definitely some very reverent uh, ways of portraying it that, you know, respects the source material and is kind of a shout out, but the vibe and the feel of the Mandalorian and based on this trailer, also the book of Boba Fett is a little bit different and kind of its own thing. What do you think about that? It definitely is. There's no doubt about it, but I think anything remotely good separates itself pretty well and contrasts pretty well from anything Kathleen Kennedy touched. <laughs> Had a big, heavy hand, I should say. Yeah. But I didn't know Book of Boba was actually a John Favreau thing. Yes, it, it is. is. Uh, that makes sense now. That's why the trailer looks so good. Yep. I was worried the Book of Boba was in somebody else's hands. It is not, and... uh you know, it was a short trailer, it's a minute and a half, but man, did it pack a punch for that 130. There was a lot in there. The only oh, thing yeah. I was disappointed with is we didn't see a, uh, there was no Sarlacc and uh, no Rancor. I was hoping we'd see at least one of the two. But uh, That's big money, man. Yeah, maybe they're just saving it for the show and they don't want to spoil it in the trailer. That's what I'm hoping. But when I'm talking Boba Fett, I'm talking Jabba the Hutt, I'm talking that whole sort of pocket of Star Wars lore, Rancors and Sarlacc Pits, that's 
that's a huge pillar to me. So they oh, need yeah. to be there somewhere, right? Like they gotta be. Well, the fact that uh, Fennec said menagerie in the trailer makes me kind of hope that uh, <laughs> yep. there actually is going to be something like that shown in the series where like there's this giant like remember Destiny Two. Remember the original raid, the Leviathan? Yes. Remember when you went into that guy's uh, dog pen and stuff where the jungle was at? Mm-hmm. He also actually, there's a mini game that came out that was called The Menagerie later, too. But nonetheless, you get what I'm saying. I yeah. want that'd be cool to see something like that, but hut themed. <laughs> yeah. With rancors and sarlax and maybe some other beasts. I hope so. Like, I want, I want a couple new creatures, and then we got to have at least one of the OGs. And uh, I really like, there's a few things about this that I really like in the trailer. One is that they're not, like, trying to, like, gloss up his armor. It's it's the Boba Fett armor. And they're not like, oh, you're going to re-forge it in Beskar steel and be all shiny like Mando was. It's like, nah. He's like, I'm wearing my fucking armor, bitch. Yeah, it looks like it's from the 70s. That's when it was designed, motherfucker. It's I Beskar, love- <laughs> though, isn't it? It it's is, just, but oh. it's not the shiny titanium yeah. shit that Mando got at the in Mandalorian. Yeah. So well, it's old, it's old paint, but you know. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, they're not trying to like gild the lily here. They're like, this is Boba Fett. This is Boba Fett's armor. And by the way, we have made a deal where he's going to show his face a lot. And I'm guessing that the guy who plays Mando is going to be unhappy about that because he famously was butthurt that he always had to wear the helmet and not get FaceTime on screen. And in that trailer, Boba Fett did not have his helmet on the majority of the time. <laughs> That's because Tamara is just probably like a boss on say He just went up to John. He's like, John, I'm not wearing that fucking helmet. <laughs> he's just like, no problem, dude. You're my bro. <laughs> well, I need to introduce my friend, Shang Tsung. Uh, yeah. Also, I want to give a shout out to our uh, girl, Fennec Shand, who is played by the uh, the hot Asian diplomat from Stargate Universe, and it's just it makes me happy to see someone from SGU. Your frame, your frame of mind for every single Asian woman is <laughs> hotness. And what series? Are you I love the fact that someone from SGU is relevant right now because it makes me sad when I watch that show and I'm just like all these great actors and none of them are working. They're just all like on the shelf. It's sad, but she is keeping it real right now. She's on Bad Batch and she's on Book of Boba Fett. I think they make a pretty cool team too i like that one part where they walk into the bar together or whatever side by side like they kind of had like a gusto together like they were synced up yeah I, they definitely do have a chemistry but the only thing i'm worried about is is they're gonna abuse the characters because she's a woman like i think it'd be cool if she was still doing her own thing and i hope She's just not going to be boiled down to the bodyguard of the right hand. I don't know, the right hand of Boba Fett this whole series. Because she's a bounty hunter herself. Is she just going to, like, I just hope her character doesn't get boiled down to help Boba Fett cement the to be the ruler of Tatooine, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I don't know. I could see that being like the main like end plot line towards the end of the season is like maybe her being like, well, I want the throne and like some. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> yeah, that, it seems like that could definitely happen. Uh, man, I really like the alien makeup that we see, too. Uh, we see the uh, whatever race Bosk was that like kind of lizard people type race. Uh, man, that looked good. They had a Bosque diplomat or, you know, one of Jabba's old associates in that whole meeting room where they shake him down and threaten him with the menagerie. Yeah. That looked no, professional. I, like, really I wonder, good. Do they... Is that pure prosthetics or is it... Do I they, wonder. they, like, use computers? They mask... Because I know they have, like, some type of mapping technology they can just throw over your... That's how they do the the age reductions, right? On people's faces. Yeah. And they do have the same technology with, with prosthetics to make them look even better. Yeah. I mean, the Moff Tarkin thing, I'm pretty sure there was a stand-in for that. Like, it wasn't just a total CG put in the movie. I'm pretty sure there was a guy there, and then they CG'd Moff Tarkin onto his skeleton. You know what I mean? Hmm. That's what I think. Maybe I'm wrong about that, and that was pure CG, but I know for a fact that the... The de-aging in, uh, what was that movie? The fucking, the Jimmy Hoffa movie. The Irishman. The CG de-aging in that definitely had stand-in actors. That wasn't just fully CG on Robert De Niro. I fucking guarantee that, so. Oh, and some of no doubt. <laughs> no yeah. doubt. Most terrible movie I've ever watched in my life, by the way. The Irishman? Yeah. Damn, I didn't like it, but I didn't think it was the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm exaggerating. It's not the worst, but Jesus, that was a terrible movie. Uh, yeah, it like it's super overhyped. It was like a C minus, and people made it seem like an S. And it's just like not, nah, dude. No way. Uh, yeah. Stay golden, Pony Boy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you think we're going to see any characters from either Mando or the Bad Batch show up in Book of Boba Fett? That'd be cool if some of the clones from the Bad Batch showed up. That'd be super dope. Hell but yeah. Probably asking too much, though, but would be dope. Well, it kind of spoil Bad Batch, too, because then you'd know they survive, right? If they're yeah. in, the, in this. Which I don't, I don't know if yeah I wouldn't be too upset if that happened because just because like you said it'd be so cool to see them alive and then you fucking use CG to put fucking uh, the Boba Fett actor's face on all of them and shit and just like I'd love to see how they accomplish something like that it would be a pretty big feat honestly to really do the Bad Batch justice in a live action well they'd have to find people yeah. To get the mountain. Like, you have to get mountain play wrecker, right? <laughs> <laughs> that guy's too no. big. <laughs> I think it's just logistically impossible because they're all clones of Tamura. And yeah. like you can't find that many lookalikes that fit those profiles they drew in before ever like thinking about people that might fit them, you know? So like you're really it's the wrong way to go with the whole thing. Usually you want to find people and then make an animated series and use their body type and image, mm -hmm. you know, so you can go a lot further with the whole thing. Yeah. But it would yeah. be cool. I just think logistically impossible. But there's other things, I mean, 
like you said, there's all kinds of different Easter eggs they could do. I think they mentioned like um, I got. I only watched it two times. I think they mentioned the Crimson Gang or something. The, the same fucking gang that was in uh, <laughs> that shitty on Solo movie. Well, that wasn't shitty. I actually liked it. I shouldn't say shitty. It just wasn't. Oh, you mean the awful. one that uh, uh, that uh, Darth Maul is the leader of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't remember their name. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they used. I, I'm pretty sure that gang's name was brought up in the trailer. So, oh, maybe. you think Maul's coming, dude? Oh shit! Nah, dude, that was dude. Again, asking too much. Asking too much. Oh, I didn't even consider that. Boba versus Darth Maul. <laughs> that, I'd be like, oh like, man, done, bro. <laughs> done. Yeah, it'd be cool if it, if like the ghost of Obi Wan Kenobi was like haunting him too. So like whenever he'd get in fights, like Obi's Force ghost would show off and be like this, and do wave his hand in front of his face to like, disrupt his battling. Yeah. Well, technically, uh, wait, they don't use what? Force ghosts like that though. It'd be funny if they did. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude, only Sith ghosts do that. <laughs> only Sith deal you know, get, with Force ghosts those... that fuck with you. <laughs> Dude, seriously, you get those Sith holocrons, they just come out and they laugh at you. <laughs> I was reading this comic one time, and there was, like, this Sith Lord that got covered in, like, this force-eating parasite that, as it ate your force, it grew, like, it was a parasite that grew, like, crustacean off your skin. So your whole body started to grow this crustacean skin. Damn. Or armor. And this guy was like about to die from it. So he like seeked this uh tomb where the Sith Lord was at and he activated his Sith holocron like this, this skeletor like fucking Sith ghost came out. And he's like, please help me I I I read the tabs. You're the only one that's ever encountered these. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And he's just like, just straight up mocks him. He's <laughs> just like, the pathetic Sith Lord comes to me. <laughs> to try to save his own life. How pathetic. Wait, <laughs> so this is a book? Yeah, it's a comic book. <laughs> oh, man, that's excellent. I should have read that one. <laughs> Whatever the fuck that was. It sounds good. Yeah, that was a long time ago. It was like when I was 17 or 16. Oh, uh, yeah. Back when George Lucas still owned it, right? Yeah. No doubt. <sighs> Word. Well, Broadcaster Nichols, any uh, any other thoughts on the book of Boba Fett? Well, they got a lot of... Uh, they got big shoes to fill. That's all I got to say. Because... And the end of Mandalorian kind of brought a tear to my eye. And uh, I just don't think there's been a lot of moments like that, period. Yeah. In a long time for Star Wars or any series. So, you know, all the power to him. I hope I, they can do it. <laughs> I honestly think that's why he pivoted to Book of Boba Fett and you know, cool, put the brakes on Mando for a second. Cause I think he was cognizant of what you just said. And he's like, we can't rush this. We need to like figure out how we're going to follow this up because if we fuck it up, it's just going to look horrible. Dude. I mean, I know we are talking about, I mean, just the whole thing, man, everything was excellent. Dark troops, dark saber, moth Gideon, 
young Luke, <laughs> young Luke, <laughs> young, young and powerful Luke. <laughs> yeah, it's dude. It's like fucking Luke. It's it's the unseen version of Luke when he was a Jedi master, but he wasn't drinking green cow milk on some island. You know what I mean? Like it's that that version of Luke you always wanted to see, but never existed. And now we know it exists somewhere, but I almost wonder if it's just going to be like he just disappears. I hope not. I really hope Luke comes back sometime in the future, but I have this weird feeling that... I think he will. I think he will be like the end of the series for Mandalorian. Maybe, yeah. Maybe Yoda's training, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm also hoping for a big twist with baby Yoda. It's, I don't, he doesn't necessarily like need to become a Sith or something really sick like that, but like there needs to be something with baby Yoda. I don't know what exactly it would be, but it just feels like that character had a lot of like foreshadowing and foreboding stuff. Like I always think about, I think it was episode two or three of the first season where he forced, where baby Yoda force chokes that beast. that's about to kill Mando. When I saw oh, that, yeah. it it like lit something in my brain. And ever since then, I've needed an answer for that. And just the fact, oh, he's young and he's just, you know, doesn't understand that that's a bad thing to do. That's not that's not good enough for me. I need a better explanation. I don't believe that baby that all baby Yodas are just born with the ability to force choke people. I'm not buying that. So I I want some answers. And a twist with Baby Yoda. Yeah. Well, who knows? He could appear in Book of Boba Fett, man. There's no, there's nothing to say Luke doesn't show up or Baby Yoda shows up somehow. I don't think they will, but it's the nah. same timeline. So I think there's about a less than a 1% chance of that happening. That, probably. But the fact of the matter is this show takes place right after Baby Yoda joined Luke. So it's at yeah. least possible. I think that I think Mandalorian and Book of Boba, if Book of Boba, in fact, stays around in the the book, and you know quotations is just its own like series that they might do more characters with. Um, I think they're going to be two separate storylines. That's what my impression is, at least, because I think there's a more higher percent chance of Darth Maul showing up and a young Han, young and powerful Han Solo showing up. And then, then ah, I wouldn't do uh, Han Solo. Because you like if you're doing Han Solo, you'd have to get you would have to get They did Luke. Right. But that's but Mark Hamill actually was Luke, and that's why it looked so good. Because it wasn't just a full CG. It was like the you know, the CG based off of the actual person like put on top of them. It was Mark Hamill in spirit. It, it was no, not it Mark was. Hamill. <laughs> it, it was, but I don't believe that you could do a full CG of Han Solo without the man I himself. Think you just, I think you just do the guy they hired, the guy that did the movie. I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate him that much. I thought the movie was kind of. I thought the story was kind you of. You want to get the actor who did Young Han Solo, <sighs> dude? Right, you got to you got to push it forward. But you got to move some of the pawns or some of the pieces on the board. Like, the, wait, if are this they took just place, do that one-off movie, it's just like because okay. that's remember that movie ended with the with the Crimson Gang. 
that was brought up in the trailer. It also has the connection to Darth Maul. So, I mean, if we're talking about Darth Maul showing up, then, I mean, it'd just be cool because then it would acknowledge that these are the type of moves that IP successful IPs make to breathe life into a world. You know, like... Okay, I think you know. I, I get your point, cool. but the timeline doesn't work for me doing that because if if Book of Boba Fett took place before the original trilogy, I would be okay with your idea. But because it takes place w- well after Return of the Jedi, what you're doing is you're taking this young Han Solo, then he turns into Harrison Ford, and then he turns back into young Han Solo, but a little bit older with like old person makeup like that's jarring i don't know man i don't know if that works listen dude the future's <laughs> wild <laughs> it's it's the, it's the same as the candy man problem i right. remember okay. dude it's the same as the candy yeah. man problem <laughs> so this is where i'm gonna i'm gonna break it down for you okay what if what if Sasha Gray played a young and powerful Leia? <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Would you then accept a actor that looks nothing like the original actor, but still acceptable? <laughs> okay. You get my point here. Like, you got to move on at some points. And <clears throat> moving on is about taking the L's and the W's. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... All right, broadcaster so, Nichols. <laughs> anyways, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> On that note, are you ready to get to our review of the hype machine known as Squid Game? Yes. <laughs> yes. What's that? You want more crack seller? <laughs> this is good. Join your lords on Twitter at the Crack Cellar and Facebook.com slash the Crack Cellar. Hey, you over there. Are you a straight up Chad or a strong woman? Well, you can find us on Apple Podcasts and your favorite podcasting app. Or, if you're a straight up beta cuck, find us on YouTube with the rest of the Cloud Chasers. And we're back. With our review of Squid Game. Of the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse. (laughs) (laughs) And the judge of the trial of Kyle Rittenhouse has this to say about Squid Game. (laughs) Hundreds of cash-strapped players accept a strange invitation to compete in children's games. Inside, a tempting prize awaits with deadly high stakes. A survival game that is a whopping 45.6 billion won prize at stake. Uh, Broadcaster Nichols, what does 45.6 billion won translate to? Is that is it like pesos? Is that like $47? What is that? I've played Monopoly a few times in my life. I have no idea what you're talking about right now. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. So, uh, Broadcaster Nichols, this show is very hyped. It got more attention in pop culture than I've seen any show get since Game of Thrones, essentially. 
Do you think it deserved it? No. <laughs> what? No. No, no, no. <laughs> it's good. Don't get me wrong. I think it falls flat about two-thirds of the way through. I think it... Uh, Agreed. It starts to go in this direction where things just morally don't make sense. Like, while they're trying to keep the shroud of morality over you, you know? Like, but... <laughs> like, the way his brother was, like, pretty much convincing them to team up, and I was like, well, only one person wins, and there's no way you're all going to somehow survive in second and third place. There's just one winner. Everyone else dies. So I don't know. It was just, I expected everyone to kind of turn on each other at some point, but they didn't like, it was just to the very end. Everyone was trying to keep up this illusion that somehow they weren't going to have to kill each other at the very end. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. That was kind of weird. Uh, I, I don't know. It would have been different if the whole side story with the pla- the uh, organ uh, buyers and sellers, if that turned into something where, like, there was a rescue operation going on on the side, and you're like, oh, okay, so all these guys can get rescued at the very end, and they won't have to play the final game or something. None of that happens, you know? It's just like, all right, well, we know that one only one person's living here. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because I went through that whole show thinking some somehow, some way, this was not going to go to a conclusion. That, like, at some point, they'd either get rescued before the games finish or, like, there'd be some twist, like, the games weren't real and you're on camera or something like that. Like, I was expecting something that stopped the finale, but the it just went. It just went like it, it happened. The whole thing happens. He goes home with his big check. And it it did feel weird, didn't it? It just didn't feel right. And then it kind of the. I don't know if we're rushing through it too fast, but <laughs> the ending didn't make any sense. I hated the ending so much. <laughs> like on any level, it didn't make it. I was like, so let me get this straight. All right, you go into the game once. Because you're a gambling addict and you need the money. You figure out what it's about. And you're like, fuck nah. Let's vote to get the fuck out of here. Successfully. Gets out. Tries to tell the police about it. Okay. Everyone thinks you're a fucking bum idiot. And you then decide to go back in when you find out that it's the only way you can get money to help your mother. Noble. But then you find out that your brother's back in there, who is a fraud and has fucked over everybody <laughs> that he knows. And you decide to team up with him. Fast forward, you win the game. Your brother dies. You come home. Your mother's dead. The only thing you have left is your daughter. You have... I imagine you're one of you're the richest Korean in the world at this point, like one of the richest Korean people in the world. <laughs> so you abandon the flight to go get your daughter and restart your life to go 
give it to the owners of the squid game not even the owner of the squid games because he died mm-hmm. of a pretty brutal cancer you're yeah. gonna go give it to somebody that's probably more evil and has even less morals you know like mm-hmm. i i just don't get it <laughs> no honestly this show has a really strong start which i think is why it got a lot of buzz because shows that have strong starts play well to word of mouth because a lot of people will just watch the first couple episodes of a show and then they'll stop and they'll move on to something else i call it tv add it just there's some people that like just they can't stick to one thing for very long. And because the start to this show is so strong, I think it it sort of created this little wave of attention. And I think it really has a steady decline through the middle. And the end was garbage. The last episode, I hated the last episode. The fucking bridge scene, dude, was so dumb. That witch just like comes up to him on the platform. Just like, oh yeah, I'll pass. Hugs him. They just both die. That's it. Two of the, like, I mean. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking into it too much, but. (laughs) I just expected more. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the premise is cool, although absolutely stolen from the 2000 Japanese movie Battle Royale, which literally created an entire billion-dollar industry of video games. Um, Literally the most popular multiplayer type of video game that exists right now is the Battle Royale format, which originates from that Japanese movie. And this this movie, uh, or this show, Squid Game, definitely steals from that in multiple ways. I am shocked that no one is really calling them out on it publicly. Like, you don't really see a lot of people, like, saying, hey, you know, yeah, sure, it's good, but, you know, they did kind of borrow a lot from, uh, you know, Mother Japan. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean, these kind of things could be, like, popular, period, over there. This is the only one that made it over here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because there was, like, an old anime that was just, like, this. there was, what was it called, um... God, what was it called? Basilisk? Or something like that? It was old school anime, but it was pretty much just a free-for-all of all the greatest warriors coming together in a tournament. It was just brutal as fuck. Yeah, but that's a little different. Like, keyword, greatest warriors. The thing with Battle Royale and the thing with Squid Game is it's normal people. In Battle Royale's case, it's like high school students. But yeah. in in Squid Game's uh, case, it's like the riffraff. You know what I mean? Like it's the the low people on the the ladder, the people on the final rung down. I fucking love that term, riffraff. <laughs> it's a classic. Swill. <laughs> so, what did you think about the acting? As an American who's never seen any of these actors before, how did you interpret? And I'm asking you this because you actually watch the sub, which is funny because usually I'm the one who watches the sub and you're the one who watches the dub, but we kind of flipped on this one. I dubbed this one. I can't stand the Korean language. I tried listening to it for a while. And I was like, I can't do it. I don't care if the dub sucks. I can't I can't listen really? to Korean. No. Wow. 
I think Korean sounds a lot like Japanese. I I don't know, man. Maybe it's just I've listened to so much Japanese that the Korean bothers my mind. I don't know what it is, but <laughs> I couldn't do uh, it. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> The Japanese are the master race. I'm <laughs> sorry. He's uh, not cultured. He doesn't <laughs> understand. Well, we will um, send him to the camps immediately. But yeah, what do you think uh, about the acting from a pure perspective, a non-dub original voice and actor perspective? I thought it was awesome. No one was really a bad actor in the in the movie, I would say. Um, in fact, some of the actors were pretty memorable. Like the old man was his smile and slinted eyes were pretty like he just had that really cool, almost like anime old man vibe, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, if they made him, a live action DBZ movie, they should get him for master Roshi. He'd be perfect. <laughs> I think he's a little for master Roshi, but, uh, Gihan, the guy that played Gihan, the main character, he was pretty cool. He almost had like some actual spike Spiegel vibes, you know, like, Speaking instead of John John Cho, I'm sorry, but uh, oh, the main the main character, yeah, yeah, I was Sung like, Ji. I was like, oh, I think, I think, uh, Sung Sung Yu is his brother or something. I don't know, fucking, yeah, I don't know. The I'm names American. are tough. Okay. I'm American. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, that is a real problem. Like, it's nothing to do with racism, okay? We're not racist. It's just that these names are way different than we're used to. Like, Lee Jung Jae, Park Hae Soo, Wee Ha Joon. Like, this is not the type of names that works with our brains. We grew up in the United States of America our entire lives. Like, you don't see names like that. So, when you watch a show like this, it's really hard to, like, really mentally when, keep these names in your head. And even when the geese and the sungs come over... They changed their names to an American name because yeah, they right. probably hate us trying. They probably hate hearing us try to say their shit. For real, dude, that's a great point. They all they all do they that. Hide they, they hide it. They hide it. I don't know how many times I've had to find out that it's not their name. I'm just like, wow, what's your real name? And they're like, yeah, you don't want to try. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just move on, shall we? Uh, I I think that this show really had one of the better pilots first episodes I've seen in a really long time. It really just encapsulated the promise of the show and it like let you kind of let your mind wander with possibilities after you see that first episode with the first game, which was the red light, green light. Like it kind of just sets this thing up where there's still a lot of mystery and intrigue, but holy shit, this is happening. It it's too bad that they couldn't really keep it going because I feel like that momentum just really fades over the entire show from episode one. I think it can be recovered though. I think the, I think the series is good enough to where when I heard it's getting a second season, I'm like, well, if they can pick it up, if, if they can really pick it back up in the second season and turn it around, it'll probably be good because they have room to improve. Like, you know, did the younger brother, who got shot off the cliff or got, yeah, I think he got shot off the cliff or he just jumped off the cliff afterwards. I'm not sure. Does he survive? Yeah. To come get re- revenge on front man is front man. Now the leader of the games or is somebody else involved? Like did that, uh, VIP get killed 
by the young cop or do not and does that piss the vips off and does that whatever organization or cabal that they're part of not trust the games anymore and now there's a new like a, a shake-up of ownership like there's a lot of stuff they could go with that i think would be interesting and cool but what worries me is mm. that like yi hun just totally change I, I don't know. It just seems like the way the series ended seemed like it was a completely different character. Like after everything he went through, he's just, I'm going to go back into the games again, just to kill you guys after all that, that whole moral trip. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't, yeah, I don't get it. So if I watch, so there's nine episodes in this show. Now let's just say that I stopped after eight and I never watched episode nine. And then you told me a sequel was coming. I would have been psyched as hell. I still thought the show was really good at that point. The final episode is really what ruined it for me. And it's mostly that ending, what we've been talking about with the whole airplane and the phone call and him confronting the guy that recruited him in the first place in the train station. That whole thing that was, was cool. just... I like that. That was the one part I liked. <laughs> it's him just fucking ninja in a way. He's just the elusive laughing man. Just like <laughs> I no no no. I liked that part of it. I liked his reaction, but I don't like Gi Hun's in his entire mindset in episode nine is yeah. fucking stupid. It makes no sense. Dyed his hair. Like, what was all that? I don't it's- know, dude. I don't get it. it it's you're like you said you're like one of the richest people in korea you're a fucking gambling addict and divorced father that wanted to to keep his daughter wanted to save his mom okay sure your mom's dead and that's another problem i really have with the ending of this show what the fuck was up with the mom dying like that like she's just like laying there she's obviously if she died she died within like the last couple days because she looks brand new she doesn't look like a corpse. Well, they said that when you passed by that other female shop owner. Uh, she was like, yeah, I haven't seen your mom come around for the past couple of days. Usually I go check on her, but I haven't for some reason. It was like they were almost like mocking the setup of her death. It, exactly. <laughs> like, it's so stupid. We're supposed to believe just by happenstance yeah. that she just <laughs> dies randomly right as he gets back with like a 45 billion pesos fucking give me a fucking break usually i go see the pre-diabetic best friend of my life every morning but for some reason i haven't for the past two days and i haven't seen her show up i don't know what's going on huh yeah (laughs) yeah you know what okay that's fine you know you're gonna write that weird stupid like like really mcguffin style death into the show okay whatever but then for you to make the main character gihan treat it as if it's the Squid Game's fault she's dead. That that whole mental premise in his head and him like sort of like assigning like all of this make-believe blame to the Squid Bank. You know, you know, blame them for being really aggressive capitalists that like really crazy fucking like what's the term backyard wrestling remember how there used to be a hardcore backyard wrestling circuit back in like the 90s where people would literally die and like some wrestlers actually came out of it and came into the wwf and wcw but uh, mick foley was one of them i believe mankind i'm pretty sure he came out of it 
okay, so you're taking that concept, you're taking a few steps further. But still, like, we're not talking about this evil people that are just, like, taking people against their will and murdering and torturing them. No, they're saying, hey, little girly man, you want to make some money? You want to participate in our game? Sign this waiver. It's your fucking choice. And they even underscore that by, in the first third of the movie, they just set them all fucking free and make them come back of their own will. For him to take this attitude in the last episode, like, oh, these people gave me the opportunity of a lifetime. They turned me into, like, this financial juggernaut who can do anything in, that life asks of me. I'm now going to blame them for basically giving me everything at my own will, at my own choice. It stunk, man. That whole premise stunk to high heaven. Well, yeah, it's just... It'd be one thing, like, it makes sense if he lost everything. Like, if somehow, like... They killed the his daughter. That ran, yeah, like, if the Cabal <laughs> ran the games, killed his daughter and his yeah. ex-wife and the father, and and then, you know, his brother ended up dying, his mother's dead when he gets out. Like, that would make sense if he was trying to hunt them down, you know? But they were actually trying to keep their word, you know? The old man that even ran the games even was kind enough to reveal him tr his true identity to him and be like, "This is kind of where I'm at in my life and why I do why I ran the games." And yeah, and I liked that too. It. There was a real Willy Wonka <laughs> element to this. It was that. kind of a Willy Wonka <laughs> element. <laughs> and he like the, to even further that moment though at the very end, and the cop shows up with the guy that I thought mugged him. I thought he took well, not mugged him, but pickpocketed him while he was down the homeless man while he's freezing to death but supposedly he didn't he was just checking for id or something mm -hmm. and then he's even said it to himself he's like look there are good people in the world and you know it's almost like you know he, he, when he turned around and saw that he was dead he's just like it was like this moment of solace you know it's just like you're wrong old man and the games are over type of thing. You know, I'm a rich man. I'm moving on. <laughs> and that whole airport scene just contradicted that. It contradicted all of that. It did. It, man, people complain about the ending to The Sopranos. Go fuck yourselves with that. Watch the ending to Squid Game and get back to me. That was, it just, it, it almost ruined the entire show for me. But, man, I hope they at least use the second season to fix it. I hope... That if they're going to make this episode 9 canon, which obviously it is, but if you're going to like justify it as canon, we need more backstory or some explanation as to why he took this like, I'm going to fight the man stance, just abandoning his daughter, just like totally flipping his entire character arc as the, you know, the gambling addict loser guy who makes it big and becomes you know, a rich fuck. Like, think about it. Like, he could spend the rest of his life on yachts, uh, betting on Super Bowls, millions of dollars on Super Bowls. Like, he, but he's like, nah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go fight the man and abandon my family and my money. It's, it's like, so we're supposed to believe this guy just went from, you know, kind of a a riffraff to uh, fucking Captain America to fucking uh, Captain Planet. Like, who the fuck is this guy? I don't buy it, <laughs> dude. It's so funny you say that, but that hair, that hair color, that is one of the hair colors <laughs> that people on Captain Planet, dude. I that's true. That's, that's funny. 
<sighs> yeah. It's a weird one. I'll tell you, though. The episode, like you said, pretty much the whole series was good up until the end. Some of the some of those scenes were so dope, dude. Like uh, the steak dinner scene. That was dope. They gave him that fat ass steak. That was the real end of the show for me. I feel like the show ended with that dinner. Yeah, like that was just. I will really, uh, the girl going out the way she did. It kind of depressed me a little bit. I thought she deserved. I thought she was going to be killed. I thought she was going to kill Guy's brother. And well, if this was made by if if Kathleen Kennedy was an executive producer of Squid Game, the girl definitely would have won. Oh no, no doubt about it. <laughs> yeah, I, I it's interesting that that three-way at the end the 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 is it his brother or is his cousin? His brother. It's his brother. Okay. For some reason I couldn't keep that straight. I kept thinking is that his brother or is that his cousin because of the way that like the they would talk I thought that at one point they were saying that that woman who was uh, the friend was friends with his mom. So the one that he talks, he's like, Oh, I haven't seen her in a few days. I wonder where she could be. For some reason, I thought she was the mom of uh song Woo and that the, the woman who died was the, the mom of Gi Hun. I'm wrong about that. I couldn't keep that straight. Like I kept thinking, is it a brother or a cousin? Like, because the maybe this could just be the dub not and being accurate. You, you now you're fucking with me. Now I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because I, I heard a lot of shit about how bad the translation was in this, and maybe the dub had some weird quirks to it too, and that's why it made it seem like it was a cousin and not a brother. But I swear to God, like I went back and forth between them being brothers and them being cousins at least five different times watching this show. I just couldn't keep it straight, and I'm not sure which is which. Man, I think you're right, because their names are completely different. <clears throat> yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> his name's Young Gi-Hun, and... The guy we thought was his brother is Cho Song Wu. Yeah, so they are cousins then, aren't they? Okay. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Damn, Say Biak, yeah. man. Jung Hai Huyen. So so the cousin killing the girl Damn. was I liked it because it was like really Game of Thrones style. Like really savage and brutal. You know, it reminded me of the hound a little bit. Just like rip the fucking bandaid off their dead meat type <laughs> shit. Uh, but I, the thing I liked about it the most is that it set up this true enemy state between the two, the, the cousins, I guess, if we're going to go with that, because before like there was this weird, like we're friends, we're cousins, like we're, we're blood. We can't do this. And then this was like, was a very convenient way to be like, Oh no, now it's, now it's on. You killed my girlfriend. It's on. What happens every story, man? It is. Isn't it funny how that always ends up happening? Kill the main squeeze. <laughs> That's. Yeah. The guy that played front, the guy that played front man, though, looked super familiar. I think he just has sure. one of those faces. I thought the same thing, but I've never seen him in anything. 
Nah, I'm pretty sure he's from uh, another Korean film I've seen, like The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. The Good, The Bad, and The Weird. What? Oh. Yeah, it's it's a it's a uh, parody, if you will, of The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Hmm. Like he plays the bad. Yeah, yeah, he does. Interesting. Yep. Uh, I recognize that motherfucker. Yeah, I think my main problem with the show is that as the mystery sort of unraveled and demystified, the show got less interesting. Dude, he was the woke Terminator T-1000 in Terminator Genesis with a what's her name? (laughs) He was? Yeah, he was the cop (laughs) T-1000. Jesus, I don't even remember that anymore. (laughs) You see, man. It's a bigot, not giving Koreans a chance. So, uh, what what was your favorite uh, game? I was gonna say favorite episode, but I, let's let's go with game. What was your favorite of the events? Hmm. I mean, out of just sheer brutality. I think the cookies are pretty brutal, you know, like it's made them and they just get walked up and shot in the fucking head. Yeah. Everyone's just dying all around him, panicking with the cookies. That was pretty good. But I, I think the marbles at the end or towards the end were probably my favorite just because they totally fucked everybody over. Everyone, teamed up with their best mate essentially and they're like got you that's mm-hmm. who you have to kill <laughs> yeah yeah the marble i think the marbles ones is also special because the main character ends up paired with the main villain as we find out later and when you first watch it you look at it from this perspective of this like poor senile old man but then when you get to the end, you find out he's like the fucking dude behind it all. You you go back and look at that and you look at it in a totally different way. Uh, yes. <laughs> I actually kind of almost got a suspect feeling when that scene ended because they never they were the only it was the only person they didn't show die like everyone else just straight up dies. But they went out of their way to not show him die. And not show his body afterwards. Yeah, like they they didn't I notice that too. Scene. So, yeah, and they also that was like the only person they were allowing to walk around. Like everyone got escorted to their area to play, and then he was just allowed to roam around and fuck <laughs> over Gi Hun supposedly. Like they were kind of mm-hmm. in on it, you know. <laughs> Yeah. Who my I think my favorite actually was Tug of War. And I don't think it had like the most sinister setup. I don't think it had like the most brutal uh result, but there was just something about the the way they would show them falling to the ground. That reminded me of Mortal Kombat, like the spike pit for Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it it just got me. And then 
when you get to the end and when they come up with that strategy to win to like let go for a second and make them fall and then pick it back up and pull them down that was like some fucking 4d chess shit and i loved that aspect to it i loved that counter strategy it just seemed really believable and Usually with that type of stuff, it's very black and white, one and zero, but they found a way to to add some gray area to it, and I like that. Yeah. Tug of War is for bitches. <laughs> I also like the fact that like the Yakuza bosses team who won the first match, when the fucking uh when the good guy team shows up after winning like the look of shock on their faces they walked in yeah <laughs> that was like that an was, anime moment <laughs> that was the first time he knew he was cursed by that woman <laughs> oh yeah man no she was she on the team had they hadn't betrayed her yet had they? no they I, I'm no sure. she was she was on she, yeah she was she was on their team at that point i think when when did they separate her out? That was the marble one where they separated her out. No, that's where a whole that because she dead. couldn't get a partner. Remember, so that you thought she was gonna die, but then it cut away, and then when they come back in, they see her just no. That, but she'd already been betrayed before. The, there was a what was it? There was one where they had to pick like ten p a group of like five to ten people. That was the one where she got left out, but of uh, that team, and then she joined. It might have been tug of war. Oh yeah, it was tug of war. You're right. Yeah, it was tug of war. Well, who was her partner, or was she dead on the marble game? I'm getting confused. I don't. Uh, I don't even remember no, if she was, she was alive. She that was you're right you were half right in the marble game that was the one where she just couldn't find a partner and she was the odd man out because you needed to be have a teammate because uh who died one oh yeah the doctor died so it made an odd number of people so mm. she didn't have a teammate she was the uh, she got seated out so she was lucky hmm. Yeah. What'd you think about the uh, the VIPs? I know like I noticed they actually hired a bunch of fucking like Donald Trump looking white men to actually play the characters. <laughs> they didn't just get like some, you know, older Korean gentlemen. They're like, nah, we're gonna go get fucking old YD to play our <laughs> super villains. What'd you think about that? I thought it was a pretty good move. But <laughs> their acting was terrible. Oh, it was horrible. <laughs> Like I mean, it was it was really bad. Yeah. Do you think they wanted it to be bad on purpose? Is that like a part of it? Like they wanted that? I don't know. Uh I mean, it it kind of came off like they just got really cheap white actors. Yeah, like they didn't. They're just like, yeah, we'll just let them make themselves into the joke. You know, we don't have to, like, write it for them. We'll just give them some general lines and their shitting ad- shitty acting is exactly what we're looking for type of thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Over the top, you know, hedonistic. What do you think about the whole organ selling side story? Because when that 
first started, I was like, oh, okay, so this is where the show's storyline's going. But then it kind of didn't really go anywhere, and it just ended up being like this weird aside that didn't matter much in the overall grand scheme. Honestly, that was my favorite part of the series. Really? Yeah. When that was going down, I was like, all right, this is where the real series, this is going to be like the reveal. This is where the reveal IPs come from and and shit like that. And then it just completely ended. Yeah. Those motherfuckers got hung in the hall at the staircases, which was cool. (laughs) Yeah. It was a bold alpha move. Giga Chad shit. I appreciate it. But still, like, it it ended there. I was like, okay, so the Chinese that were buying those organs and everything, it's just over. That's it. Yeah, that's the problem I had with it. Like I agreed with I agree with you that the when I first saw that start, I thought this this is where it's going, this is the potential. Like the story was starting to kind of sputter out a little bit at that point and this was going to be where it goes, but then like you said, it just ends with them being hanged and disgraced and it's just like I I did really like the perp walk where they made all of the players walk by their hanging corpses. I did. Uh, yeah, I did think that was really fucking gangster. <laughs> that was a psych test, dude. Trying to read out the rest of the rats. Yeah, and I really liked the narrator or the announcer who's like speaking on the loudspeakers, all like fucking hello, players. We want you to know that our game is fair. We discovered cheetahs on our own team. Now watch them as they die as you walk to your next assignment. Like that whole that whole thing was just really like it's not something I've seen a lot in American television or movies, you know what I mean? Like that type of scene is kind of unique. Is one of the the secret sauces to the show, I think. So what do you think about the cop and the front man and like that whole cliff scene? Cause I thought that was kind of cheesy. That was lame. Again, you know, just, I think it's just a, a persistent problem in this movie. Like all the cool side stories just abruptly get ended. And I get it. Like maybe they're saving it for season two, you know, like all that will pick back up in season two, but I feel like they could have just made the ending that, you know, a cliffhanger of who the Chinese were buying the organs or whatever, but you didn't. Mm-hmm. Instead, you ended it with Gi Hun, who you could easily just finished off as a character, you know, had season two start back up with the games again and different people, you know. And maybe he shows up at the end of season two, you know, like some like a cameo or something like that. I don't know. But nonetheless, you didn't do that. You just totally rewrote the main character's personality in the last five minutes. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, it's really stupid. And, you know, they could have fixed that ending very easily. And, you know, instead of what the bullshit that they did. All you had to do is have that cop that got shot in the shoulder and falls off the cliff. We never see him die. We don't know for sure he dies. Now imagine if he's boarding the plane, then all of a sudden that cop grabs him from behind and says, we have unfinished business, and it just fades to black. You kind of do the same thing where you know they're going to go back after him, but without like the nonsense. Without the rewriting of the character. Yeah, well, it leaves your imagination to see if he'll go back, you know? Yeah. 
but they but then if he convinces him to, it's not necessarily a departure from his character because you know this cop is sort of like, hey, I know who you are, I know you're a part of this, I'm taking you back with me, and it's he's being coerced a little bit, so it's within his character. Yeah, and I'm sure that honestly, that's half right. It's probably what's going to happen. Like he, that co- young cop's going to survive, and him and Guy are somehow going to team up in some way to like and try to end the games. Yeah, go after Frontman if he Frontman's still Frontman. That's the other thing. I'm like, is Frontman just automatically promoted to? <laughs> He's a VIP now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like what? Because <laughs> <laughs> Frontman kind of came out slick, Dick Willie in that whole situation. <laughs> Yeah. I hope season two isn't just like simply a reboot of season one where they just go back into the game again. But, you know, this time they've been there before and they're infiltrating. I, I it can't be that simple. You got to there needs to be something different. Well, the only thing I can say is, is that history has proven that season twos have been a complete redemption for some series. So it can happen. It's happened to worse. So. Yeah. I I think, you know, I'm not going to totally forget about Squid Games because it wasn't that bad, but yeah. No, it was a good show. It just, it's one of those shows where if you'd never heard a word about it and you just discovered it on your own, you'd be like, oh, that's a nice surprise. But because you heard for a month straight, like, Squid Game, Squid Game, Squid Game, 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 Game. Oh, yeah, it's they the try greatest to... show ever on Netflix. If, if they try to do a Stranger's Things with it, where they're just going to do each season where they're getting older and older, and it's just like, we're just in the same neighborhood doing <laughs> the same paranormal things every season. You know, uh, like, <laughs> I, I'm just going to, I'm not going to be impressed. <laughs> and yeah. I'm definitely not going to come around for season three. Yeah. Yeah, another th- another reason why I'm worried about season two is I don't know if you've read any of the interviews with the series creator, but as the show gained notoriety, he sort of become a megalomaniac, each subsequent interview kind of being more and more full of himself. And one of the final interviews I saw with him, he kind of started going off on like this anti-capitalist rant. And it seemed like he was sort of trying to like transpose politics onto his movie retro, like retroactively. You know what I mean? Like kind of like the Matrix and transgenderism. Seems like there might be a little bit of we're going to say this was about this, even though originally I wrote this 15 years ago and it wasn't about that. But I think it'll make me money now to say it is. I'm worried about that a lot with season two. Silence that Muslim woman now. (laughs) Uh, One one final thing I want to say about the show, though, is a positive, a big positive thing, too. And it's not something I compliment very many TV shows on anymore. The soundtrack. This show had a fucking phenomenal soundtrack. It did. It was a really good one. It has some themes that are just like, they're the type of memorable themes that you'll remember till like the day you die. Like they're really, we're we're talking like, you know, dun, 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 like that level of a theme. Something that's just iconic. I honestly think the soundtrack is what kept on keep made me keep coming back. 
Yeah. Because I got addicted really fast, and I think it was just the intro and, like, the episode. Yeah, that main theme where it's like, do, 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 do. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it It was kind of like Willy Wonka in a way. Totally. a good example. Like, I think... I, th- I think that really is the essence. It's kind of just like this weird weirdo running the games. Because it's not like Saw where everyone's just getting brutally murdered. There's like a prize and yeah. things are kitty and, and, you know, it's kids games, you know? Yeah, I think the best thing that this show does is they give all of the contestants agency. It doesn't cheapen it by – like you could easily be like – Oh, no, you're kidnapped and you are forced to be in these games. And if you decide you don't want to participate, we'll kill you anyway. For them to have like this like evil sort of like dark side justice stance where they're like, yeah, we're going to murder everyone. But we're also going to have like these like levies and checks and balances that like allow for justice I think that is a part of the reason the story works so well and isn't contrived nonsense like it could easily become. Yeah, it's lawful evil, dude. Yeah, totally. All right, Broadcaster Nichols. Speaking of lawful evil. Let's go, Brandon. (laughs) As you know, here in the Crack Cellar, we have a official patented rating system in which you yourself was the architect and on the system i would like to know what you rate huang dong huix squid game season one i'm gonna give it a rock hmm it's a strong rock yeah it's only not con air but it's rock yeah strong Strong rock. Strong, powerful. Young, powerful. <laughs> it's a volcanic rock, okay? Volcanic rock. <laughs> yeah. It's that boulder Chris Redfield was punching at the end of Resident Evil 5. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to give it a rock as well. Uh, I think we're pretty simpatico on this one. I think we both look at it the exact same way. Like a good show that's flawed and is way overhyped, essentially, is the way I look at it. And I'll say right now that if I were to discount episode nine, I would give this a very strong con air. The final episode of this show literally took it down an entire letter ranking for me. Yeah. No doubt. It was that bad. Yeah. If they would have ended it with the steak dinner and like it was an actual night fight to the death, this would be almost an S. This would be like, how long does have to make a special rank for it? Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, we would at least be talking about like a borderline S rank right now. We would be entertaining a possible face-off scenario right now for this show if it ended at episode eight. But it didn't. And episode nine was like the Titanic hitting the iceberg, unfortunately. It was. It truly was. (laughs) So, you know, hopefully season two leans away from that. And if it sticks with that, hopefully it gives some proper support to justify it in some way. Because right now, 
it really hampers and dampens my outlook for season two, unfortunately. Like, I just imagine how excited I'd be right now for season two if episode nine never happened. But it did. And uh, hopefully the damage can be undone. You know, as a man, I just realized he abandoned two child- children. <laughs> Not just his daughter, but that, pers- that yep. person's yep. sixth brother. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, bro's a deadbeat dad, bro. Fuck. (laughs) Just took one, like one minute on a phone call for him to forget about two children. (laughs) He's just like, "Yep, um, fuck (laughs) them. I'm gonna kill them." Yeah, (laughs) taking them out. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we'll close out. Bunch of slack jawed faggots. What office do I have? <laughs> <laughs>